Monday matinees begin right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Monday matinees begin right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. of the Sonic Society, the world's showcase of modern audio drama. I'm Jack Ward. And I'm David Alt. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Tonight we have part three of Peter Grunbaum's Dark Tower, as well as the show Ankh Endings and Beginnings from Twilight Audio Theatre, Neil Gustin in the Geeking Podcast. So a, a great double feature. Did you have a good Halloween time? I did very much so, thank you. I was at a party in Suffolk and had a, a wonderful time. Oh, good. How oh, about good. you? I had a... Halcon. Halcon was very crazy. <laughs> I spent last week almost an entire days. On the weekend, I spent almost 72 hours just trying to get my breath back, and I finally feel like myself again. And on top <laughs> of that, I have a, a great announcement to make. Mm. My lovely wife, Ginny, Virginia, um, is from Uruguay. And after a couple of years, she is now officially a permanent resident of Canada. So that's that's one step uh, from being a Canadian citizen. But basically, they can't just send her back. So she's a permanent resident, and she's working towards her Canadian citizenship, and that's a huge, huge step that's forward. Brilliant she, Congratulations. You, thank you. I mean, you could be a permanent resident for the rest of your life and never have to go for Canadian citizenship in Canada. That's so that's how that's how uh, much of a game changer it's been for us. So. That's brilliant news. Thank you. So, and I, I'd love to talk more about because I have some great ideas of some things that we should talk about more audio drama. But we don't have a lot of time to chat. So, without further ado, let's get on with this week's double feature right here on the Sonic Society. Twilight Audio Theater presents Ark. An audio science fiction adventure. Episode 1 Endings and Beginnings. I'll see you Sunday, Jeff. there. Show yourself. I can see you. Murakai. <laughs> I smell the blood of a frightened human. You'll never have it. Give it to us. Go to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
my associates and I enjoy a spirited hunt. But all good things must come to an end. For the last time, where is the egg? You'll never find it. So be it. You're one ugly son of a bitch. Bravery in the face of death. Admirable. This chase has made me quite hungry. I claim the liver. It really is the sweetest meat. Captain's prerogative. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm looking for John Smith. Who's asking? I'm Samantha White with the New City Blog. I'm here to do an interview. Hmm. You don't look like his type. Excuse me? And sharp as a tack, too. Never mind. Follow me. Your scribe, my lord. Thank you, Sandy. Did you remember my drink this time? The war's on the rocks. My guest here also needs a drink. What can I get you, my lady? Just water. There is a hose out back. Bring her the same. Ugh. Right away, sire. Rather mouthy for a bartender. Sandy and I go way back. She grows on you eventually. <laughs> From the old days? Something like that. So what can I do for you, Samantha? I want to tell your story. What did she call you, Mr. Smith? What can I say? I enjoy my privacy. Look, you're a reporter. Haven't you read the paper, watched CNN, browsed the websites? My story's been told a thousand times. Yes, but I want the real story. I want the truth. The funny thing about truth is, it depends on your point of view. And I find that most people are liars. Some lie for good reasons, like to hide a truth no one really wants to hear. And others, well, to further their own ambitions. That's why I've come to you, to get it straight from the hero's mouth. No heroes here. Just some stupid kid that got caught up in circumstances beyond his understanding. But, I suppose the real question is, where do I begin? You're grog, my queen. Thank you, Give me a holler if she tries anything. I have a taser under the bar. I'm sure that won't be necessary. If you say so. Protective? I suppose. Better drink up, Miss White. You'll need it. I'd rather not. I'm uh, not one for hard liquor. If you want this interview, you are. I don't drink alone. Ugh. Okay. Start from the beginning. I want the whole story. Neither of us have that much time. Especially me. But I will begin where I entered the story. And where my grandfather left it. Maxwell? Yes. He had just come to visit. We spent the afternoon at the movies. Something we've done since I was old enough to make it through a whole film. My parents died when I was very young. Max raised me the best he could. Going to the movies was our way of connecting. Our way of keeping out the darkness. Anyway. We went our separate ways that night. 
my grandfather was a traveling engineer. He oversaw the construction of power grids in developing countries. Or, that's what I thought he did. What I didn't know, what he never told me was, he was being hunted. Hunted by an organization known as the Crete. That's, uh, somewhere in Greece. Samantha. This is where I tell my truth. You have to decide if it's the truth you want to report. If you want the same old version, make it up yourself and let me be. I'm sorry. Please continue. <laughs> Funny thing is, for once, the tabloids were closer to the real story. The Crete, who definitely are not from Greece, are an off-world group of assassins, bounty hunters for hire, if you will. And yes, from another planet. Which I'm sure you've guessed, or you wouldn't even be here to begin with. Their technology is far beyond anything we have here on Earth. They've advanced cloaking technology that allows them to hide among us. If you had the unfortunate pleasure of seeing the Crete in their true form, well, it'd probably be the last thing you ever saw. And that is exactly what happened to my grandfather. They killed him. Yes, they murdered him for information. Led by a foul creature named Murokai. They wanted to know the location of a device. Some ancient weapon of great power that's hidden here on Earth. But I'll get to that part later. This is where my story and the truth begins. For as much as it has pleased Almighty God to take out of this world the soul of Maxwell Field, we therefore commit his body to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, looking for that blessed hope when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort ye one another with these words. How you holding up, Daryl? <sighs> Best that can be expected. They did a pretty good job on the headstone, don't you think? All ye readers who now pass by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so must you be. Prepare for death. And follow me. I thought that was an odd choice for his epitaph. Do you know what it means? It's from the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Every Halloween he would read it to me after we went trick-or-treating together. Odd choice for a bedtime story. Well, Gramps was a unique individual. Look, Jim, I need a favor. Anything, Daryl. I've always thought of you as the younger brother I never had. A pain in the ass younger brother, I might add. I'm meeting with the lawyers this afternoon to finish the paperwork. They'll hand over the keys to the house, and I need to go through all his belongings. But I can't go in there alone. Of course. I have a few things to take care of at the church first. Uh, the air conditioner's broken again, but after that I'm free for the rest of the day. Thanks, Jim. I really appreciate it. Daryl, I know pretty much everyone here, but did you notice that man over by the statue of the Angel Gabriel? He's been watching from a distance since the ceremony began. Can't say that I do. Odd, though. He must be dying in that jacket. It's at least 90 degrees out. And what's with the ski hat? <sighs> well, 
Probably just a visitor from out of town. Call me when you want to meet up this afternoon. Thanks again, Jim. God, Max, what did you get yourself into? the engines and put the damn heat up. This planet is freezing. Hey Lance Armstrong, I could have given you a ride. I had some errands to run. Besides, how else can I maintain this well-oiled machine? Here. Have some oil for your scrawny machine. Wouldn't want you to overheat. Why, Father, isn't drinking a sin? Well, Darrow, drinking water-based liquids is a necessity to the human condition. Now, drunkenness is another matter entirely. How convenient. He's got a ton of code violations here. Did he ever take down his Christmas decorations? Well, Max was a bit of an anarchist. Always at odds with the condo commanders. <laughs> now there's a bumper sticker. Keep the anarchist in Christmas. I could bring that up in my next sermon. Hey, thanks for coming, Jim. I know what he meant to you. Wow. Did Max actually live here? Where's all the furniture? He wasn't much on interior decorating. To say the least. Well, what's that? It's the envelope the lawyer gave to me. He said it was not to be open until I was inside the house. Rather dramatic, don't you think? Max had a flair. A skeleton key and some numbers written on a slip of paper. 10, 25, 31. What is that, a date? No. It's a combination. A combination to what? You'll see. Come on. Where are you going? Max's bedroom! I'm not going to see anything I'm going to regret, am I? Of course not. What is all this stuff? My grandfather's collection of curiosities. Is that a hand in the jar? Monkey's paw. Really? I didn't know Max was so, uh, eccentric. These are all souvenirs he collected in his travels. <laughs> Where did he vacation? Uh, the Twilight Zone? Africa, South America, the Middle East. Let's see. Ah, here it is. What is that, a, a gun safe? <laughs> Not quite. An old chest. When I was a kid, Max would let me play with this. He brought it back from one of his adventures in South America. Said it belonged to some Spanish explorer. I remember spending whole summers battling pirates and rescuing fair maidens. Dead men tell no tales. I seem to remember I was cast as the villain once or twice. Except this dead man was trying to tell me something. My lord, there must be a couple of thousand dollars in there. And another letter. Why is the word Dak written on it? Max's nickname for me when I was a kid. Huh. Then you were meant to find it. What does the rest of it say? Only three lines. New Orleans, Death Valley, destroy this note. Daryl, what does that mean? What's really going on here? 
Max loved games, geocaching, treasure hunts, that sort of thing. He was always challenging me to games of strategy. I never really understood why until now. He was preparing me for this day. He wants you to play a game? New Orleans and Death Valley. I kind of remember him talking about those places when I was a kid. I can't recall exactly what it was about, though. But I do remember him working in those places. Pieces to a puzzle. And what does he mean by destroy this note? It was for my eyes only. I'm beginning to think Max was being hunted, and I finally caught up with him. Hunted? Hunted by who? That, I don't know. What on earth could Max possess that was worth killing for? Just look around this room. There could be something of great value in here. Looks like a bunch of sideshow carnival crap to me. Is that a map? Yes. Looks like a treasure map of sorts. He circled New Orleans and Death Valley, California. Are those Egyptian hieroglyphics? Yeah, and a bunch of other symbols I can't make out. This is crazy. A, a treasure map. Granted, your grandfather was a little strange, but all in all, he was a normal, everyday guy. Jim, the police found him with his bodily fluids drained and his chest cavity hollowed out. Pretty odd way to die, don't you think? But the police said... The police? Yeah. One of those strange cases of spontaneous combustion, they said. <laughs> Pack of stray dogs, my ass. Max was murdered. You've been watching too much X-Files. You need to get out of your apartment more often. He was mummified, okay? Look, don't worry, I haven't lost my mind. I know it wasn't little green men, it wasn't Bigfoot, and it sure as hell wasn't the Chupacabra. But people can be evil, okay? Plain and simple. Max had something they wanted, and they killed him for it. Like what? I don't know. But I think this map will lead me to it. You've got to be joking, Dal. You have never been out of this town, let alone another state. There's always a first time. I think you're getting carried away here. This room could fill anyone's head with phantom stories of murder and lost treasure. I'm going to open a window. Some fresh air and light will clear our heads of this nonsense. Oh, no. What? Look over there. It's Nanook of the North. The guy from the cemetery? Yeah. Now do you believe me? It's up here on the left. You're sure it's still here? Of course it's still here. The monthly payment is still coming out of Max's account. I never heard of anyone leaving a car in a storage locker. It's here, all right. Why else would he leave me his keys? Park up there on the left. Are you absolutely sure about this, Daryl? We can always take this information to the police and let them take care of it. The police already had their shot. Now it's my turn. I think you're in way over your head. I've been sitting around my entire life waiting for something to happen. This is my chance to get in the game. Game? This isn't a game. If what you think is true, your grandfather was murdered. Sweet. My grandfather's Mustang convertible. I really think you should reconsider. Max left me these clues for a reason. He wanted me to do this. More importantly, I need to do this. He knew time was running out on him. You don't even know what you're looking for. I'm a smart guy. I'll figure it out. 
With a little persistence, I'll get to the bottom of this mystery. The game has a foot! You mean the game is a foot, Sherlock. Whatever. Well, if I can't talk you out of it, then God be with you. Don't worry, Jim. Everything's gonna be fine. Here, take the note and burn it for me. Good luck, Daryl. I'll be praying for you. Excuse me, mate. Can I get a light? Hey, you're the guy who's been stalking us. Oh, that's such an ugly word. I prefer the term staking out. It has a much more romantic sound to it, don't you think? What do you want? Oh, that piece of paper you're about to burn. I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, <sighs> of course you don't. You're human. Denser than your planet's crust. Hey, what's that you got there? Is that a needle? Oh, this. This is just a little sleep aid. You Earthborn are so fond of catnaps. Get away from me. Pleasant dreams. Ah, New Orleans. Shocks in California were felt all through the San Fernando Valley this afternoon. Measuring 4.0 on the Richter scale, the quake interrupted the filming of the new Tom Cruise movie, which so far has been rumored to be the sixth installment of the Mission Impossible franchise. Isn't that right, Jesse? He's gone downhill since Top Gun. Damn it, looks like the weatherman is wrong again. Oh no. Damn it! I have to be in park to put the stupid roof up. Thanks, jerk. Oh, the leather's gonna be ruined. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! Crap! No, not the battery, please, no. Idiot! Why didn't I get the tune-up before I left? <sighs> okay, plan B. Let me get out of the rain. I'm gonna get out of the trunk and set up a tent. 
At least I won't drown. There's woods over there. Should be enough cover. Uh, if you could see me now, Max. Closing in on target. Vehicle is abandoned. I will continue pursuit on foot. Proceed without interference. HQ wants him to find it. Then retrieve the device. No screw-ups. Yes, I understand. Wankers. Sounds like the storm is getting closer. What were you on to, Max? If only I paid more attention to Mr. Huber's world history class. I'd actually know what these hieroglyphs mean. <sighs> oh well. Looks like a job for Google! That didn't sound like thunder. Hovering over my car. Holy shit. Oh. What the? Get off of me. Shh. Don't shh me. You could have broken my arm. You need to keep quiet unless you want to be captured. Spaceship. It ate my car! Don't be so ridiculous. Crete scout ships do not eat earthbound conveyances. It possesses a highly sophisticated tractor beam. What just happened here? Was that a UFO? Hey, Dick Tracy, I'm talking to you. Terribly sorry, what? What was what? Are you blind? Wait a minute. I've seen you before. Yeah, you were the one at the cemetery. And outside my grandfather's house. Why are you following me? Hey, I'm talking to you. Quite right. So sorry, what were you on about? Who the hell are you? Ah, yes, you can call me the Commodore. I was a friend of your grandfather's, rest his soul. How did you know, Max? Now is not the time. Not the time? Now is the perfect time! In case you didn't notice, my car just floated away! Ah, uh, yes. Your car. It was stolen. 
I warned Max he should have owned a less opulent four-wheeler. I told him it would bring far too much attention. But then Max never did listen to me. Stolen? By who? The Crete. Nasty creatures. That's it. I'm going insane. My goodness, you must be freezing. Let's get you into a proper outfit and out of these damp woods. Besides, it'd be ill-advised to be here when they discover you still have the map. How do you know about the map? Just like Max. So many questions. Gather your belongings quickly, and I'll explain all. But in a warm calf over a hot cup of Earl Grey. I'm not going anywhere with you until I have some answers. I'm afraid we just don't have the time. Apparently, I'm not going anyway, because my car was just stolen by a bunch of little green men. We must get out of here. Trust me, the Crete are not green. At least not at present. Uh-uh. I'm staying right here till you start talking. You're going to force me to use drastic measures. And how do you know about the map? Only I know about that. I swear to God, mister, if you're the one responsible for my grandfather's death, you're gonna pay. I'm truly sorry about this, but you leave me no alternative. Sorry about what? This. Hey, put that away! Wait! <sighs> Bollocks. You're heavier than you look. This is the Commodore. The target is acquired. Proceeding with mission. I see you screwed things up. Again. HQ is not going to be happy about this. But it won't be the first time. If you're not careful, it will be the last time. Commodore. Commodore out. I hate this planet. And I watch Are you going to stand there all day, or are you going to report? The human ship has been searched, Captain. Then why is the map not in my hands? It was not on board, Captain. What? We searched everywhere. The Commodore must have removed it, sir. Wait, Captain! I am surrounded by fools. Helm! Locate the Commodore and set a course. It's time we paid him a visit. You have been listening to Ankh, Episode 1, Endings and Beginnings. The cast in alphabetical order. Rose Copper as Agent Leah. Russell Gold as Mudo Kai, Tom Irving as Jim and Maxwell, Holly Linden as Sandy, Lily Millar as Samantha, AJ Wickham as the narrator, radio announcer, and the Creed Ensign, and Kyle Wright as Daryl. Songs were by Holly Linden and her band MHM. 
please check them out at hollylindenspire.net. Music was by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Additional sounds are found on freesound.org. Ankh was created by Neil Gustin and is released under Creative Commons 3.0 license. Like us on Facebook at Twilight Audio Theater. Follow on Twitter at Neil Gustin. And subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, The Geeking. And if you would like to get involved or donate, check out the Twilight Audio Theater page on Patreon. This has been a presentation of Twilight Audio Theater. The Sting of the Dark Tower by Peter Grunbaum. Inspired by a story that was probably written by C.S. Lewis. When the writer C.S. Lewis died, his family began to burn all of the writing he left behind. Fortunately, several boxes were rescued, and in them was an unfinished novel about a dystopian society in a parallel universe. Because he never finished the story, no one would ever know what happened in the strange world he described. No one would know until now. The sort of time travel you read about in books, time travel of the body, is absolutely impossible. I myself have traveled into the future. We've seen this many times. The first man is doing some kind of ritual. We need to switch them back before this one grows a stinger. What we can see in these images frightens I me. I shudder to think about it. Episode 3. Completed. So tell me, would C.S. Lewis have approved what you did with that woman? Many devout Christians would say no, that life is a sacred gift no matter what. But I think he would have. I think, like me, he believed that we have a limited time on earth for a reason, and God would not want us to suffer unnecessarily. So can I go on now? Yes. Go on. They do? If you say so. What's happening now? Looks like they're reading the verdict. I can't imagine it's good. All eyes are on the council. No one's paying any attention to me. If I could just create some kind of a diversion, I might be able to get Michael out of there. I think you're expecting too much of the girl. There are torches on the back wall and curtains of the windows. It wouldn't be hard to start a fire and fill the room with smoke. I'm afraid she looks far too terrified to do anything like that. Orpheus said that current went through the lens and then through his body. Pardon me? It's just a thumbscrew holding the wire to the lens. Camilla, no! Lewis, pull her back from the machine! No! Stay back! Stay- Steady now, Camilla. I've got you. Where am I? Well, if you're who I think you are, that requires a bit of an explanation. What is this place? Where am I? You're in other time, my dear. First thing we should do is get you some fish and chips. They're delicious. You'll never want to go back. Camilla, wait! Slow down! We don't have much time. We have to get to the bottom of the tower before they notice you're missing. Did you set that fire? Of course! Who else? Tell me, are you, are you my Camilla? I think.
think by now you'd realize that I'm no one's Camilla but my own. Just, just hold, uh, hold on, stop. Just one second, stop. Look, I have something important to ask you. Yes? What? Mets or Yankees? Mets, of course. Camilla! What the hell are you thinking coming here? When you were in Cambridge, at least one of us was safe. Come on, let's go. You can thank me later for saving your life. So now you've got a chronoscope with a burnt-out electrical system again, huh? Oh, no. I had Camilla put her fuse in this time. I'm just waiting for Lewis to return with a new fuse to replace it. Clever. The best news is that it looks like we may have a way to get you home. We seem to have a reproducible way of swapping minds between our time and yours. I see. And when do you expect to have that working? As soon as we have the fuse. Oh, there he is. This is it, right? Well done, Lewis. Now, use the wire cutters and cut out the old fuse. Who, me? There's no one else to do it, Clive. Ah, yes, I see. Well, show me where to cut. Here. And here. Now slide the wire into one of these and use this tool to crimp it. Like this? Yes. Same procedure here. Very good, Lewis. Who knew that a professor of literature could actually do something useful? <laughs> yes, well, or few. What is it? Scudamore and Camilla from other time. They're gone. We can't leave the tower by the entrance, you know. It's heavily guarded. We're not going to the entrance. We're going to the basement. It's connected to tunnels under Cambridge. How do you know that? The other version of you told me. Okay, slow down. I think we're near the bottom. There are two guards by that door. I bet that's it. I'll go and talk to them. No. Look, hide behind these crates. I'll, I'll get rid of them. You two. All guards needed upstairs. The council room is on fire. Not a word from you. If the council dies in the blaze, I can assure you who will be blamed. Now get moving. Beautiful, Michael. I didn't know you had it in you. Neither did I. Come on. That's terrible, Lewis. Look. I never claimed to be good at carpentry. Lord have mercy. Even with my eyesight, I can tell that's not straight. I'll ask you not to take the Lord's name in vain. <sighs> Sorry, old boy. It's just that we've been at this for two hours. Scudamore could have put this together in ten minutes. Well, we don't have Scudamore. We don't have either version, in fact. We should be out there looking for him, not in here playing with tinker toys. We spent all afternoon looking for them. The other time, Scudamore does not want to be found. Yes, and it's pretty clear why not. Once his stinger has grown out, he plans to build his greater society here. All the more reason to get the chronoscope working with sound. We need as much information as we can. Try it once more. Much better. 
Now, screw this in while I hold the phonograph arm steady. Well done. Let's try it. Is that Scudamore? Yes. W where is he? Hard to tell, but I think he's outside. Oh, thank God. He got out. And Camilla? I don't see her. Oh, that's not good. No, it's not. I fear... No, wait. Here she comes. Darling, I was so worried. I can hear them. It works. By God, it works. It took me a while to find some fighters. Everyone's so suspicious. But you convinced them? Yes. They're gathering a group to go into the tunnel. Who are these fighters and what tunnel is she talking about? I don't know, but I would hope that there are people fighting to bring down the tower's overlord. As for the tunnel, they must mean the ones under Cambridge. We have to hurry. They're going in now. Here, put this on. What is it? It's a headband. A lot of the fighters wear them. It'll cover your sticker. If we leave now, we should be able to follow them back into the tower. Let's go. I, I don't understand. What's, what's happening? I believe that Camilla showed the fighters that they could invade the tower through the tunnel. Now she and Scudamore are following them back inside. Why, for God's sakes? They must believe that there's something there that can bring them back home. Do you have a plan once we get inside? The Overlord has a working crew. We just need to find out where he is. Well, that's obvious, isn't it? It's got to be on the top floor. What's that? It's going to be over the Overlord. <laughs> Looks like the top. It's just a plain door. Could that really be the Overlord's? One way to find out. On three, I'll turn the knob and you kick in the door. Got it. One, two, three. Come in, you two. What on earth took you so long? Professor Lewis? Professor Lewis with a gun pointed at us. Just the fact that you recognize the object in my hand speaks volumes. You're the Overlord, then? Of course. Apparently, in your time, I'm merely a professor. A really famous professor, though. Oh, really? Yeah, you wrote a very popular series of children's books. I must be very proud. Come inside. Sit down. There's something you need to tell me. What do you want to know? How did you switch minds to come here from other time? I have a feeling you won't be using that knowledge to send us home. More likely you'll want to send more of your people over to create the greater society in our time. Create the greater society? Listen, I have a much more sophisticated chronoscope than you have. I've observed your time in detail, and I've learned a great deal. How to make guns, for instance. One thing I can tell you with total certainty is that the Greater Society is alive and well in your time. You're wrong. It's not like here at all. Not yet. But consider this. The Greater Society works by assigning people roles so that each human can contribute to the higher organism. Here's a simple checklist to see if the Greater Society exists. Are men and women expected to have different roles in your time? Yes, of course. Check. How about people with light skin and people with dark skin? Different roles expected? Check. Families with lots of wealth and families with little wealth? Check. The greater society is controlling your lives whether you know it or not. 
But it all goes so much smoother if you consciously serve it. Just how many guns do you have? Enough to easily turn the tide on this war against the savages. The chemicals needed for gunpowder have been the trickiest part. We expect a shipment any day now. But let's get back to the question at hand. How did you switch your minds? Let me ask you something, Overlord. Do you know about the bubonic plague? What does that have to do with anything? The disease was carried by fleas, which were riding on rats. Three species were involved. Extremely sophisticated behavior for a single-celled organism. Killed about half of Europe at the time. What is she doing? She's stood up and she's coming closer to the Overlord. I think she's trying to distract him to get the gun away from him. Smallpox wiped out all of the great civilizations that were living in the Americas before the Europeans came. And the most dangerous animal in our time is what? The mosquito, because it carries the disease malaria. Plague, smallpox, malaria. Organisms with no brains doing sophisticated things, bringing us high and mighty humans to our knees. Is there a point to all of this? The greater society exhibits sophisticated behavior and exerts tremendous power over humans. But does it think? You say you serve a higher intelligence. I say you're fooling yourself. What you serve is a disease. I'll shoot you where you stand. Just try it. Yes, she's trying to get the gun. Dear God. It's okay off you. It discharged into the floor. She has the gun now. Double chamber. Looks like there's one more shot in this thing. Stay right there, Overlord. Michael, shut down the stairwell and see if you can get them to come up. Get who to come up? So, the Overlord doesn't see everything after all. You're in for a surprise. We have the Overlord. Top floor. Come quickly. You let them in. Camilla, I see the chronoscope. It's in the back room. Let's go. The fighters will take care of him. Lock the door. We have to act fast. The fighters won't know we're on their side if they find us. I'm turning it on. But this looks nothing like our chronoscope. There's, there's no lens, only an array of mirrors. We need to think of something fast. I'm thinking, I am thinking. Of course! I, I have the lens from the other chronoscope. I've been carrying it with me. There's another chronoscope? Will the lens fit this one? It doesn't have to. We just need the current running through it. Put one hand on that metal table to ground yourself and hold my hand with the other. I'll touch the lens to the high voltage wire. But they're breaking in. What are you waiting for? I have something to ask you. What? Camilla, will you marry me? Didn't I ask you that already? Yes, of course. Now touch the goddamn lens to the goddamn wire and get us out of here. All right. Hold tight. This is going to hurt. Then we saw a huge spark, and then the door broke down. You two were lying on the floor. The fighters picked up Scudamore and dragged him away. 
Then they picked up Camilla, and she rode out on their shoulders like a hero. We couldn't tell if you had made it back or not. So imagine our delight when we got a phone call from you inviting us to supper here. From what I can tell, the other time Scudamore was going for world domination, but only got as far as renting a hotel room with Camilla. Poor girl. Hopefully she'll be treated better now. Well, at least Michael and I got to make use of the hotel room. <clears throat> Gentlemen and lady, I have a toast to make. Let's hear it, Professor Lewis. To modern women. To, to modern, modern women. women. What would we do without them? The End Juniper, that's extraordinary. Thanks. No, I mean it. You came up with that whole thing on the spot and in less than 24 hours after hearing the first part. You have a gift. I suppose I do. Does anybody know about what you can do? When I was little, I would try to tell people stories, but no one really listened, so I stopped. We need to talk about this drug. Do we have to talk about it now? Yes, we do. I don't see what there is to talk about. When the time comes, give me the shot. The time was over an hour ago. You've been doing very creative procrastination. But it's not... Look, there's nothing to say about it. I just want to have a chance at being normal. And what does normal mean? You know, normal. Friends. People who like you. I like you. I'm not talking about you. So who are you talking about? You don't get it, do you? I want to be the kind of girl who fits in who might even have a boyfriend. Do you think a boy has even talked to me in the last five years? That's not a good reason to take a drug. I didn't have a boyfriend until I was in my 20s. You know what? That doesn't surprise me at all. Okay, fine. Let me get the syringe set up. God only knows what this will do to your storytelling abilities. Wait, what? This is a brand new drug, Juniper. You think they've done control studies on how well people come up with stories? But any side effects will be temporary, right? I can always stop. Let me explain something to you. Doctors understand only a tiny fraction of how the brain works. Nobody truly knows what these drugs do. Maybe we should wait. No, no. You want to be normal. You want to fit into society. Wait, Eleanor. No. No, ow! There. Now, how do you feel? I feel like someone put a needle into my arm and then pulled it out without depressing the syringe. Oh, did I forget to depress the syringe? Let me do that now. Now we have to clean that off the floor. You're right. Well, next time, I'll do it over the bathroom sink. You're not ever going to give me the drug, are you? You have a gift, Juniper. I can't let you risk losing it. Is this what you think C.S. Lewis would do? Oh, screw C.S. Lewis. Eleanor! I mean, who cares what he would do? You know, if you want to read some old science fiction, you could do way better than him. John Wyndham wrote some great stuff in the 50s, and James Tiptree was actually a woman writing under a male name in the 1970s. Oh, wait. Her stuff is pretty inappropriate for a 15-year-old. Inappropriate how? Never mind. Forget I mentioned it. Tiptree, you say? Seriously, Juniper, she's she's pretty disturbed. Let me look her up and see what she's done. Forget Tiptree. There's Ursula Le Guin. There's Margaret Atwood. No, stay away from books like Oryx and Craig. Sure. How do you spell that? I'll come up with a list for you. <laughs> The String of the Dark Tower was written, directed, and produced by Peter Gronbaum. It featured Walker Kaplan as Juniper, 
Carol Sage Silverstein as Eleanor, John Ruoff as Professor Orifu, Will Rose as C.S. Lewis, Bill Johns as Michael Scudamore, and Alice Bridgeforth as Camilla Benbridge. The Sting of the Dark Tower was recorded at the Jack Straw Cultural Center in Seattle. Steve DeTore and Doug Hare were the recording engineers. All music was written by Leon Gruenbaum and performed by the Firebird Saxophone Ensemble and Jeans and Machines. To hear more music by Jeans and Machines, go to their website at jeansandmachines.com. Thanks for listening to the Sonic Society tonight. Remember to friend us on Facebook and add the Audio Drama Radio Drama Lovers group on Facebook and find us on Twitter, of course. Find David on Twitter at AstroTour2010. Absolutely. Subscribe to the YouTube account to get shows new and old. Give us that Christmas gift if you could by mm -hmm. passing the Sonic Society on to someone else or writing us a review in iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at sonicsociety at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Jack Warren. And I'm David Alt. Good night. <laughs> the Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Hi, we're your good friends at the Internal Revenue Service with some exciting news. You just may get audited this year. <laughs> but I know what you're thinking. Gee, I want to make sure I get every nickel possible squeezed out of me during this audit. But who'll take care of my kids? Why, the IRS daycare. Yes, during your grueling ordeal, your kids will be in this spacious room where they can play without care. Hello, little boy. What's your name? Tommy. My, you brought a lot of toys with you. Yeah, this jet plane's my favorite. Too bad, because it's ours now. Hey, what? Hey. And we'll take this ball, what? this car, and this Nintendo what? DS. Those are my toys. Daddy gave them to me. Oh, in that case, we should estimate how many toys he'll give you next year and take this and this and this and this. You didn't leave me anything. Have fun, Tommy. Sir, we've got a problem in the corner. That big kid is knocking the little kids down and taking everything they have. I'll take care of this. You, you there. Yes, you the bully. You have quite the future working for the IRS. <laughs> the IRS daycare. It's about time your kids learned about real life.